Hello, welcome to episode 636 of In My Mug. This week's coffee is again from Nicaragua. It's from Finca Las Delicias and it is a washed longberry. So, it's really interesting for me to be able to share this coffee with you this week because it's really similar to the coffee you had last week. It's also from Nicaragua. The differences are the variety and the soil because this is a slightly different farm. This is Las Delicias compared to Mamamina, though they are run and processed by the same family, so by Miresh Group again. So when you taste this coffee, I really want you to think about what you had last week, the differences there, and all of that is tied to the nuances of different varieties and different soil types. Um, and I think that's really fun. That's something that only has been can do for you. Um, it's one of the reasons why I love working for this company. So a little bit about the farm. Las Delicias is Eliane, who runs all of the processing for the Miresh Group. It is her garden. It is her plaything where she grows lots of different varieties of coffee and has total control. We've been buying from Las Delicias. We've been buying from Las Delicias since 2017, which is the first year that Eliane had total control of the harvest. And we've seen little improvements every year, but we've also seen different varieties and more of that kind of playful experimentation she does with varieties. I'll tell you a little bit more about the variety uh, whilst Chris is growing the coffee for us. So we're going to taste some now. Chris. Hello, Dale. <laughs> nice to see you here. How nice. Another special treat. So another coffee from Nicaragua. How are you going to brew it today? <gasps> well, everyone, everyone at home, look what we have. <gasps> the Chemex papers have returned. I love you a special treat for you in my muggers as well. If you want to go on, because we haven't had them for a little bit, very sadly. But if you want to go on and get a little bit of a discount, pop in the discount code in my Chemex. going to knock 10% off your filters for you for the next month. Enjoy that. Anyway. I am loving your aesthetic choice. Chris knows that my favorite style of Chemex is with the glass handle and with the square filter paper. Because back in the day, Intelli had a really cool video on how to brew a Chemex with Cuban guards, something like that. I remember. Oh, it's worth, worth looking for. How many years ago was that, do you think? Solid. Old. <laughs> 2008, oh. 9. Yeah. Uh-oh. Back when we both looked young and fresh. Sad times. So, brew some coffee first? Let's brew some coffee. All right, cool. So... Traditional, classic, easy Chemex recipe, 30 grams of coffee. Because it is a longberry varietal, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, yeah. we're going to grind it just a little bit finer than you normally would. On our EK behind me, I normally grind for Chemex 16.5. Under this, I'm going to go 16.25, just a little, because the density is a little bit different. Just helps it taste a little bit more amazing. We're going to put in this fight of coffee versus water, 500 mils. So to start off, we're gonna do a 60 gram pour to get everything nice and wet. And then we're gonna give a little agitate. I know Dale's a big fan of my agitator. I love Chris agitating the world. Just to get all of that nice and wet and extracting beautifully. Then we're going to wait till 30 seconds and we're going to put on more water. We're going to go up to 250 grams. So while Chris wettens and agitates all at the same time with his well-practiced pour, let's talk about longberry. So this is a really interesting variety. Or 
maybe it's a really interesting story. Maybe the story is why it's interesting to me. Um, it goes by some other names. So it's also called Java or Java Nik. Uh, the way the story goes, and this is retold to me by Steve, who was told it by Erwin uh, from Thinkers Maresh. Uh, and if you look back in the archives, there's some really cool videos with Erwin in front of cool tractors and wandering around the farm, but also he's been to the Rossery a few times. We have beers with him in Manchester? We did. Way, way. Yeah, sat in the back of your car driving at the M6. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Erwin is one of the coolest, most fun guys that I've spent time with. So. 2001, so this is going even further back before kind of cool specialty coffee videos. 2001, there was some kind of USAID-funded uh, agronomy coffee-growing research program happening in Nicaragua. And they were growing lots of different varieties, lots of different programs. And as with lots of these kind of historic, let's say, charity efforts or, or research efforts, money ran out at some point. And the story goes that Erwin and his father, Dr. Maresh, were driving back from some of the other great farms in Nicaragua where they'd gone to kind of learn uh, what other people were doing and different approaches to farming. They're driving back and they see some laborers by the side of the road who kind of wave them down and are like, will you buy our tools, our things? We were laid off today. We don't have a job, but we do have, you know, all this stuff. And Dr. Maresh noticed that they had a sack of coffee seeds uh, or green coffee beans. Uh, so that coffee was taken to their farm. Dr. Maresh bought it, planted it, ran some trials first at Limoncillo, I believe. So that's certainly the first year we bought it uh, from the guys that think it's Maresh was from Limoncillo. And then they've subsequently planted it across some of their other farms as they've learned more and more of how that variety responds to soil conditions, where it tastes really good, what it, what it suits. Uh, the different names. Uh, so the bag was much Java. And the understanding is those seeds were brought from coffee from Indonesia that was being trialed in Nicaragua because they thought it may have good results. So it was an experiment. Uh, one of the people involved in the research that Dr. Maresh was able to talk to, who have been as part of their program, they regarded the variety as interesting flavors, low yields, hard to grow, quite delicate. And that's almost exactly what we look for in specialty coffee. We wanted it to be a little bit harder. Uh, we're not chasing yield, we're chasing quality. Um, and that works for some farmers and it doesn't work for other farmers. But I think this variety found a really good home in Maresh group because they suddenly, uh, those plants were being grown somewhere by people who really wanted the same result as that plant was well suited for. Uh, it's called Longberry by some people and that's what we market it as. Because the actual seeds, when you open your bag and take a look at it, you'll see that these look kind of long and thin. Uh, in some ways, a little more interesting. In some ways, a little more inconsistent and ugly uh, than some of the other coffees you'll see from us. Um, and that actually matches quite well with Geisha, uh, which is a really famous variety. They achieve really high prices. And we believe, uh, we don't know, all of this is kind of conjecture, um, that maybe, like Geisha, a lot of the plants in Java are much closer to Ethiopian lineage uh, than your standard Bourbons and Keturahs that you'll see across Central America. And maybe they bring some of that kind of diversity of flavor with them. Um, now, there are ways of checking this now. So these can now be DNA tested. If somebody wants to go through the, the effort and the research and the cost, I'm sure that will happen at some point. So those varieties can be traced back and we can work out a better kind of genealogy. Um, but anyway, so Java, because at some point it went through Indonesian Java, Java Nik, because it's grown in Nicaragua and was Java Nik from this program. 
but we normally call it longberry because it's kind of long and weedy. Should have interesting flavors. So when we're tasting these, uh, not as uh, wild and crazy as you'd expect kind of florality that you get from something like a geisha. And partly that's because of the variety, but also partly it's growing in Nicaragua, which doesn't have those kind of high altitudes and long growing seasons. Um, so it's, it's an amalgamation of those different things. I'm excited to taste it this year. Did that answer your question? It did actually answer my question. <laughs> Fun fact for people at home, I asked Dale before and he's like, I'll tell you. Yeah. Here we go. Right, Ruiz is finishing now. Let's come through in just over five minutes. Ruiz here at the roast, you're taking a little longer normally. So everything at the roastery tends to take a little longer. Emails, video production. It's always worth the wait. <laughs> the other thing a really smart guy in coffee who will remain nameless once told me is, often we judge a brew just by time. So we look at something like, you know, we set lots of rules, lots of guidelines. We go four minutes is the magic rule for French press, for bulk brew, for Chemex. And time is just how we measure kind of consistency. So if it tastes good at five minutes, great. If it doesn't, we can do something about it. So we can maybe loosen up on that grind, can maybe even go finer. So it's really uh, the 30 grams, the 500 mils, the five minutes. That is kind of the story of how we brewed this coffee and how it tastes now. And if we want something different to happen, we can start playing with those factors. If you want to play with time, you might change your pouring pattern, or you might change your grind, and both of those things will create a slightly different result. I remember my very early days here, I had a brewing problem, and I asked you something, and I was like, oh, it takes this long, and you're like, why? So, um, <laughs> I don't know why I do that. So, well, maybe think about it. So, okay. Cool. So the secret to great coffee is never answer a question, just ask another question. I'll put another question back. <laughs> Successfully made coffee. Successfully made coffee. It is coffee. So it's a little hot to really judge it. Uh, from some other brews I've had in the past, and the same thing I'm getting here. Um, primarily dark chocolate. Definitely not milk chocolate. It isn't no. kind of that smooth, easy. It's more of that kind of bitter, single origin chocolate. Uh, with a little bit of acidity and not too much body. So it's, it's not like bright fruits and that's not the dominant factor but it is kind of light and crisp mm -hmm. i think she's talking about earlier with its similarities the geisha in a way it's got that kind of high-end mm -hmm. treble nice juicy acidity yeah and also a little bit of that black tea i yeah. wouldn't i wouldn't describe this as floral in any way so it doesn't have that quality but it does have that kind of a little bit of bitterness a little bit of maltiness um dark chocolate Probably, uh, there is a lime flavor, but it is not high intensity acidity. So it's more a touch of that lime flavor rather than mm -hmm. kind of lime. Like cheap lime sweets. Cheap lime sweets. Chocolate lime sweets almost. Yeah. Actually, everything reverts to the cheap version of a, of a flavor, like the artificial. Where it's most obvious. Yeah. Mm. I've said about the little malt character as well. Mm -hmm. Really, really like. I always like finding that in coffees. We had it in a really strong in a coffee. Olivia Juan Juanca. Juan Juanca, back in the day. Yeah, uh, David Vilka's brother, I think. <laughs> Cousin. That was a delicious coffee. In terms of brew, would you change anything about this? Like it finishes in a really nice, clean way, so I don't think it's kind of over extracted. 
I think maybe if it came through a little bit quicker. Yeah. So maybe I took the grind a little bit too fine for my normal tweak. So maybe take it just a little tiny notch coarser and maybe brew a little bit more, a little bit faster as well. Just to push it through in a little bit, maybe four and a half minutes instead of five. Mm -hmm. But that could just be the roastery and our effect on time. Oh. Stafford time is slower than everyone else's in the world. <laughs> That was very nice. It was very, very, very tasty. This has been one of my favorite coffees year after year after year to the point where people I work with are like, oh, are you brewing it again? Yeah, because I already like it. So fine. Don't have any. That's all for me. No problem. It's fine. So on the note of Chris thinking this is one of the best coffees of the year, life is too short for bad coffee. This is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's much better than the last yeah, one we did. Came out right. <laughs> okay, I'm running with that. Running with that one. Oh, I'm gonna do that again. Should we just keep doing? We just do a montage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course you were. Mm -hmm. So ready to go?